I love about these exchanges I have the opportunity and privilege to share with these amazing individuals is the impactful truth and vulnerability that often resonates from their individual stories. The fact that these are some of the brightest and most dedicated souls I get to chat with is also something to mark as noteworthy. I could have taken this recording in quite a few familiar directions and had my next guest uh, talk about his career, beginnings, uh, accolades, uh, many awards and achievements, etc. But that's not why I reached out to him. Thing is, this recording happened purely by a drop of coincidence. As I was catching up uh, with one of Chef Alain Lemaire's recent uh, recordings and episodes uh, from his uh, Chef Talk podcast, and the topic of the episode, which in itself was a very short one, was not one I was uh, willing to brush over. I've never been shy about talking about my personal issues with mental health, and I have, along the years, found myself quite sensitive to the conversations and personal accounts I come across. So when I heard this quick episode about what was indeed a powerful yet unspoken topic, I was eager to, I was eager, I'm sorry, to connect with Chef Lemaire and invite him to share a bit more on his personal perspective on the matters of mental health issues uh, in the culinary industry specifically. An episode that was charged uh, with uh, Chef Lemaire's usual sense of commitment, wisdom, generosity, and honesty. And even though we only had a short time to make it happen, this was certainly one I'm sure you'll enjoy regardless. So let's get into this. Awaken the Awesome, episode 69 with Chef Alain Lemaire. Here we go. Hey, as always, I know you're a busy guy. So first of all, I really want to appreciate you for like, you know, for your time. Um, cause again, I know it was like really last minute and stuff, but, um, I have to say like, you know, your recent recording really touched me and I thought like, you know what? Like a five minute conversation, like, you know, if you're up for it, man, I definitely thought like, you know, mental health and stuff is definitely something people need to hear, man. I really appreciate your time for that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I really want to acknowledge you for that, man, because it's like only like quality stuff coming from you. And it's, it's really nice to see. Fresh moment. For sure. I know you're busy, so I'm not, I'm not going to keep you too long, but really what I wanted to touch on, um, because, um, the, 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 the recent episode yeah. that you put out, definitely. Um, I can see that it came from a very personal place and I know this is going to probably get a sensitive conversation, but I don't want to get like, you know, too personal whatsoever, but okay. if we're just going to okay. go into the meat of things, like seriously, you know, um, when you're talking about, you know, the, the instances of mental health in the food industry, first of all, it's something that I believe because you hear, you see the food network, you see all the chefs and you see all the competition. It all seems glamorous, but really in your experience, Chefs are people too, so mental health is an active issue. That's what I heard from the episode. It's something that's not new to you. Think about the corporate world. You think about law enforcement. You think about you know people like in high level stress situations, and you think that chefs are are breed apart. But from what I heard from your recording, you know chefs are people too, and they deal with stress the same way everybody does. And that's what I heard from you. Yeah, yeah, definitely, man. Um, uh, a, lot, a lot of people don't see the business um, as, I mean, yeah, I would say everywhere. Everywhere it is hard for somebody to conceive, like, being a chef as being stressful, you know. all Like, uh, as of recently, we were talking to some folks, when was it, over the weekend, and they were like, man, you know, I never saw the business morning just you know hey you know these guys just cook and that's it and the person's like you know i didn't realize that you guys have to deal with 
so much other so many other things and it's just more it's much more than just cooking mm-hmm. being a chef and a business owner you deal with different personalities different uh family issues and stuff like that you know then you have to manage your own you have to also manage egos manage um your clientele your um your competitors your suppliers you got all Mm -hmm. these to play and you know especially trying to deliver to your clientele and always being on top you know it's easy to do a, a few events and be like you know what I'm going to let my reputation speak for itself and I'm not going to go above and beyond anymore. But, mm-hmm. you know, to, be, to to stay at the top for a while, it requires so much, so much work, dedication, you know, selflessness and all that stuff. You know, personally, like you said, man, if do I have any to do do I find time to rest and sleep? Um, I try to do that because now I'm able to have partners in the business and we can spread out the the tasks and everything. But in the beginning, you know, I was I was Mr. PR, Mr. Internet, Mr social media, Mr. Everything. So it was you, 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 you have to put in that work and it becomes stressful to a certain point. And like, if you're not, if you, if you, if you at a certain point and you're not seeing the results yet, it can be very stressful too. You know, you know, you put in so much work, you're spending money, but you're not seeing anything coming back as you would like it to. Uh-huh. And even if when you're in a certain point at a certain point, you see the you you get business, but you're not getting as much as you would like. You know, it's as any other business, as any other career. You get stressed. You're asking yourself, okay, in two, three months, six months, where will I be? Where will I stand? So you have to deal with these stresses, the uncertainty. Yeah. That can be a killer, a slow killer. So when you look at it from, from your beginnings, you know, when you started out and you were being mentored, and I'm not sure if you can relate because I wanted to ask you this question because, again, you walk into the industry, right, and you want to make it, you want to do right, and you want to be under somebody's wing and you want to learn. I'm talking about the apprentice situation. As somebody who's seasoned now, if you look back into the beginning, you know, to the youngins, do you tell them, like, you know what? find a good mentor and do whatever you need to do to make it out there or like because you know what i'm getting at right it's like okay yeah, yeah. you have to put in the ground you have to put in the time you have to put in the sacrifice but it's a double-edged sword isn't it yes it is um i'll tell you this man um you know how we grew up in haiti man and as far as being a chef is not what people think about as for a men business um, being a chef was never a business or a career path to begin with when we were growing up, you know, mm-hmm. 20 years ago and stuff like that. You know, that was like 
if a guy would ever say, I want to become a chef, it would be looked up front upon. As in, normally a chef, whenever you speak about a chef in Haiti, you talk about a police officer, first of mm-hmm. all. And so when I got into the business, I got into the business I loved. I realized that I love it. I love entertaining people with food, love entertaining people in general. And my choices were to go into hospitality because I didn't know really if there was a career path and culinary. But then when I got my friend of mine who was going to this, to the school, I went, she said, man, listen, you love cooking. My school has a culinary program. We're one of the best schools in the, in the world. Come check it out. Um, when I checked it out, and I was like, damn, I mean, really, they, this is really taking, is this, this really a career? This is really a major? So I dove in, man. I dove in head first without really knowing what I was getting into. Um, I did it because I loved it. And I was like, you know, just like that. I love this. And I looked at my mom. I said, mom, I'm sorry, but this is what I love. I'll do it. So did it did the management side also a part of the business and stuff like that. Um, I worked in the industry for about um, I was working while I was at school and after school. So I would say a good uh, 10, 11 years, right? Uh-huh. I gave 10, 11 years in the industry. And, you know, I was just following the, the proper protocols. You know, you go to school, you study, you get a career, job, and you do all that stuff. So that's what I was following. Until, and that's going to be the, that's the twist of the whole story, man. Until my cousin told me, hey, listen, they have this food festival in Haiti to be part of it. And I'm like, food festival in Haiti? He's like, yes, I know the guy who's organizing it. I'm going to put you in touch with him. After I did my visit in Haiti for the f- and the food service aspect, bro, I'll tell you, my life changed. Really? I went. I was working for a food service company. You know, I was in big... When you're in the industry, working Monday to Friday... And having nights off, holidays off, is not heard of. Doesn't exist. It's privilege. I had it all. I worked Monday to Friday. I was off on the weekends, off on holidays. I had my paid vacation, everything. I had, um, you know, all my, all my um, benefits. Benefits. For, mm-hmm. You know, all, all those healthcare and everything. So I was pretty much living the life industry. But the only part about, the only thing about it was that I, I didn't feel fulfilled. Oh, wow. I, I didn't feel fulfilled. I felt that I was stuck in a system and I couldn't express myself. I couldn't do what I really wanted to do because I was working in a system and I had to follow the rules. Man, after my visit in Haiti, I decided, you know what, I need to focus on me. And I took a leap of faith and focused on myself. And from 2012 until now, that's what I've been doing. Sensory delights. 
Sensory delights, and then now my my catering company in Haiti too. So that's what I've been doing. Um, so I put the focus on that. I to to answer the question you said, I personally regret I never had a mentor. I mean, I had somebody I used. To, I had a teacher at school that I was close to. You know, we spoke a lot. I asked him a lot of questions. He gave me a lot of guidance. That I'm not gonna deny that. Uh, Chef Todd. But I swear as somebody that I could look like I could look up to, like another Haitian chef. We didn't I didn't have those examples around me. A lot of the guys in my generation too, we didn't have no chefs who were Haitian who were out there to, to shadow him or whatever. Uh-huh. And um <clears throat> I that's why I made it my responsibility now to whenever I find a young individual who's who shows me that they're hungry, that they're passionate about the food service industry as much as I was, I always welcome them under my wings. And, you know, I, I help them develop themselves. I travel with them. I give them tips and everything, everything I can do possible to help them further their career. I help out. Because I, I believe that's something that's very important to be able to find somebody that can that that went through what you went through, you uh-huh. know, and especially being a, a a Haitian chef, you know, we we have the stigma already. You're black, you're Haitian, so you already have two strikes against you. So you you have that stress that you're dealing with, and. And people are like wondering, so you have to fight, fight really. You're fighting, fighting to show your, to prove yourself, prove yourself to yourself, prove yourself to your peers, um, to your superiors, and all that stuff. So whenever you can find somebody that went through that, and you see that they are, like they are succeeding at it, uh-huh. it's good. To be able to, whenever you go to, you go into periods, and that person tells you, "Man, keep your head up." Uh, everybody has their own season, so you don't want to rush anything. Wait for your season, but while you're waiting, be grind and grind and grind. You need to be patient, but you need to keep going. You need to be yeah. consistent. Consistent, yes, definitely. That is. Yeah. So it's like you see this under your mentees, you see those people on coming under your wing, and you said something really important. When you walk into the industry with, you know, that stigma that comes with, unfortunately, like, you know, with the Haitian stigma and, like, you know, being black and everything, this is something that I'm sure that you lived. But now I'm hearing that you're giving a positive message, like, yeah, okay, fine, but you know what? Let's walk this path together. Do what you got to do. Keep your head up and keep walking. That's what I'm hearing from you. Definitely, man. Um, and I tell them... You know, the, the 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 I have also men. I have women mentees also, and I I know that the industry is very, very sexist. It's a very sexist industry. Um, most most executive chefs of are male chefs, and male white white male chefs. So it's even hard for a black Haitian woman to get through in this industry. So I find I, I kind of find pleasure in 
not just pleasure, but fulfillment and helping these guys, you know, watching them mm -hmm. grow and stuff like that. Because I'm like, I never had anybody to, to guide me, but I feel that it's my duty now as one person who can say that, yeah, I have done things, even though personally I'm like, okay, I haven't reached out my goals yet, but all those <laughs> me, yeah, you know, all those look even at with me, everything you've accomplished, chef, you're still not done. You're not done I'm yet. And man, no, I, I don't even think I've scratched the surface of what I can do of where I want to be, you know, uh, and I think that's, that's the key, man, the ambition always wanting to be better, always wanting to go further and stuff like that, you know. I just don't want to be known as a Haitian chef. I want to be known as a chef, you know, Period. who has to be Haitian, you know. But so I'm, I'm always striving to, to break through, to go further, to find ways to improve, to do things that other Haitian chefs haven't done yet. To position myself, you know, shoot. I mean, looking at it, you know, we've done, we've accomplished a lot of things. We were on billboards, we did commercials for T for for companies. You know, we had a TV show and all Come that stuff. Kitchen. Yeah, so it's like, yes, we've done a lot, but we still have more that we can do. Like, why can't we be just as the other chefs? You know, and that's why we want to push our culture, our food to the world to like, hey, listen, our food exists too. It's not just, um, you know, like a family style of food. It can be elevated, can be presented at a five-star dining restaurant and stuff like that too. Amazing. Amazing. And that's a powerful message because that's definitely why I like to connect with you, Chef. For the few times that, you know, you allow me the presence of your time, that is a powerful message that I continue to want to just push to people. It's like, you know what? You're not bound to to just your past, but you, you basically, your future is what you make of it. And yeah, that is definitely it. something we have to push forward. And again, you have to choose to make it. And I guess that that's the fear that a lot of people come across, whether it's in the food industry or elsewhere. But, you know, I guess, you know, you have to get out of your own comfort zone, I guess. Yes, you have to. Um, I remember I was watching Steve Harvey and he was like, you have to take the leap. You have to take a leap of faith. Well, if you're standing by the edge of the mountain, you, the only thing in your head that the, the only way for you to move forward and succeed is to jump. You have to be able to make that jump. Until you make that jump, you'll never be able to find out if you can fly or not. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I've, I've, ta I've taken the risk and I don't tell people to take the risk uncalculated. You have to make sure that you just don't put yourself in any situation, but you have to take a calculated risk. Um, you have to be bold sometimes, stand up for what you believe in, stand up for your values, you know, but at the same time, you have to be humble and patient. Amazing. So the patience is part of the process. Yes, it is, man. It is a, it is a long road. I, I have this chef I, I talk to a lot. And often he's like, man, chef, things are happening my way. I'm getting frustrated. I'm like, dude, it's good to be frustrated. That keeps you on your toes. But at the same time, you So it's good to be frustrated? 
it's good. Yeah, being, being frustration motivates us. You know, you can't be frustrated and don't want to do anything. If you're frustrated and then you're motivated to do something about it, then yes, it's good to be frustrated. You know, because um, you need some slaps, some slap in the face a few times. You know, you have to fall a few times. You have to fail to be able to succeed. If you don't fail, you don't fall. You'll never know what it, how it, what's the the value of being on your feet and the value of succeeding until you fail or fall. Okay, so I have to also remind myself that failure is not necessarily a weakness. It's just, oh. uh, uh, yeah, it is. It is. It is a. It's like it's like a it's like a necessity to grow, you know. I always say there's never problems; there are always opportunities. Opportunities. Yes, it's always there's always opportunities, but there's no problems. Okay, it's all about what we make of it. Yeah, definitely, man. What whatever your success is for you is for you. You know, you might not have a million dollar mansion, you might not have the the best cars in the world, but you have your career, you have what you're doing, you're successful at it, you have succeeded in life. Okay. So you can't compare yourself to somebody to else's journey. No. no. Everybody has their own journey. That's got to be hard, though, because we're always trying to be like, we're always trying to find inspiration. We're try always trying to emulate somebody else, but... Of course, yes. It's like, what it I gets say confusing is, at times. Yeah, what I say is, yes, use um, your counterpart as a motivation, as an example, but don't focus on their outcome. Use use them as motivation, as example, but focus on your outcome, on what you should do, what is best for you. Okay. You talked a lot about patience and, you know, just appreciating the time along the process. And I guess that goes back to what we wanted to connect on about the entire mental health issue. How do we pace ourselves? How do we yeah. you know, learn to be, you know, how to grow, but consistently, but also carefully, because we don't want to burn ourselves out. Man, um, I, I I strongly believe that um, balancing life and work is one key. Being able to balance life and work, um, communication. If you if if you have families, if you have a family of your own, communicate with them. Don't stay in the dark. Don't keep them in the dark. You know. Mm -hmm. um, Often, especially men, we have that uh, bravado, that persona that we can't, we're not supposed to cry, we're not supposed to 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 have email to communicate with others. So we fail to um, express ourselves because we're supposed to be the alpha male, the strong figure, the 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 personal, the person that they look up to. Whenever they have problems, we're not supposed to be the ones seeking for problems. So sometimes we need to get out of that system 
and it's okay to cry sometimes it's okay to cry out for help it's okay to to don't know the end to don't have the answer or the, the answer to any questions it's okay that doesn't make you less of a person it just makes you human and i think it's a lot of how it goes a lot to what we perceive to be as you said like you know those rock star chefs and those rock star yeah. cooks and the rock stars in the industry we're like well they've got it together it's like you know i need to suck it up yeah and then we never know that these persons themselves they have their own demons and their own problems you know you're looking at a person like anthony bourdain that pretty much had everything at its feet you know do, had all these TV shows, those books, working for CNN, doing these series and everything. So you, you're thinking to yourself that, hey, these guys have it. And that's why I, that's why I go back to saying that you can't compare someone else's success to yours because what you might perceive as a success story for that person, in reality for you, it's, it might be your downfall. Mm-hmm. So you don't want to focus on their outcomes, focus on you. So, you know, we look, they look at us like we're tough. You, you, you always, you, you get cut, you get burnt. So you, you're not supposed to be stressing, especially because you're just cooking. But people don't see that you're also a human who has emotions, feelings. You know, somebody yells at you in the kitchen, that might hurt you, depending on your personality. So people don't see that. People don't think it's okay. And as as a black community, we are afraid also to seek out help. We don't believe in that. We think it's a white person problem. We it's think true, that, isn't it? It's true. There is a stigma with that. Like, you know, seeking yeah. therapy has, has people of color. It's white people problems. People who have, people who seek therapy, people who seek, who have mental health issues. That's white people problem. That's not black people problem. We just stick it out and make it happen. Yes, but sometimes we need to sit down and talk to somebody. And seeking, seeking help doesn't really mean that you have um, an illness. It just means that you, everything is becoming overbearing and you need somebody to listen to you. And you, know, you need man. to be accountable to how you feel. Because yeah. maybe um, you don't maybe you do need help, maybe you don't, but you know, you're not you're not in a position to call it, do you? Exactly. And that's why they tell you when you go to see a psychiatrist, they don't they don't talk to you. They let you talk. And as you speak, you find out the answers to your problems on your own. They don't give you solutions to your problems. They don't tell you how to, to deal with your issues. You find it on your own because you speak. And that's, why, it's, that's one of the things that we, do not, we don't do. We don't speak. We don't, we don't believe in talking to someone, expressing ourselves, trying to go deep down into our feelings and emotions to see what what's wrong why we why we go through what we go through so are you in a better position right now with the maturity and and uh and uh you know the journey you've had in the industry to basically you know again you're not a therapist but when you see uh some of your mentees or the people under your wing that might be dealing with some things like you know do you speak out to them or like you do so because again like you know some people just want to suck it up but you know are you more sensitive to that now 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm very, I'm very sensitive to it. Um, I've experienced, I've seen, I've known chefs who committed suicide. Um, oh, man. I've, I've known people who deal with mental issues. Um, and when we talk about mental issues, we're not just talking about, like, somebody that has Ill- a mental illness, but they go to, um, you know, um, depression and all that stuff. You can see, when somebody's depressed and sad and everything, you can see it. You know, you can see it, you can feel it in their behavior and the way they act. And, you know, and whenever I see it around me, you know, um, I talk, and it's not a talk, it's, it's a touchy subject for 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 anyone to express themselves. And sometimes you sometimes you have to like keep asking the person like, hey, "Yo, are you okay?" They, first thought, first thought, first thing the person will tell you is, "Yeah, man, I'm okay, man." But then you do realize that there's something wrong, and then you just have to be able to approach the person and like, "Hey, listen." I know that you're going through some issues and whatever it is, but you can talk if you need to talk to me. If you if you need to seek help, seek help. It doesn't have to be me personally, but seek help, talk to somebody, express yourself, but don't let whatever is disturbing you become a parasite till the point that it kills you. Okay. You need to have that conversation. That's the best yeah. you can do. That's the best, man. Yeah. Crazy because you, you wouldn't think so. But again, what I'm hearing from you is just like all natural human emotions that everybody goes through. Everybody goes through. And you said something very powerful about the fact that somebody might yell at you in the kitchen. And I'm going something probably that you experienced in your career. You send a dish that you probably poured your heart and soul into. And then the client sends it back. It's like, yeah, this is crap. You know, it's like, I'm paying for yeah. it, so I might as well be happy. But you know, you as a person, as a chef, I'm sure that's happened to you like ten thousand times, chef. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> wow, it's amazing. I know. I know. I don't want to keep you too much because I know. Uh, I know you gotta get running. So again, I'm sorry to cut this off. But again, I just want to thank you um, for your time again and your wisdom because with your last episode, which I will link in our blog post, I, I really encourage everybody to go have a listen. It's a very short listen, but chef Lemaire does touch on a variety of aspects with his own personal insight about the matters of, uh, mental health issues and depression and anxiety within the food industry. So from a person who's right there in the ranks and experiencing it day in and day out, it's a powerful account. And I just wanted to extend uh, my appreciation and respect, uh, for all that you do, uh, in your legacy, in your work, in your amazing dishes, in your terrific promotion of our culture and our food. And uh, again, through professionalism, and I love that word, but awesomeness. But really, thank you, Chef, for everything that you're doing. Really, thank you so much. I appreciate you, man. Appreciate you a lot. (laughs) So just before we close off, I always like to leave it with the guests uh, with a word of wisdom or a call to action or just a kind word that they can wake up tomorrow, like, you know, just one step closer to the next level. I'm not sure if you have a word of wisdom for the guests for tonight. Man, um, I don't know if I have a word, but just a few words, I guess. Um, I mean, it's, um, I guess one word, perseverance, you know. Um, it's, it's, it, it might sound cliche, but you need to be able to, to persevere and stuff. And because it's, it's a tough road, it's a long road, and you just have to keep pushing. That's where we go. Consistency and keep on the grind, keep on the hustle. 
Chef Le Maire, thank you so much for your awesome time, your awesome wisdom, your warmth, and your generosity. Guys, he is Chef Le Maire on Instagram. And of course, I'll be linking all the notes, Sensory Delights Catering. I will be linking all the interwebs and all the presents uh, just to make sure that you find him wherever. Definitely follow him on Instagram. Is definitely You will be hungry. I'm just saying that your, your, your feed is going to light up with colorful dishes. But uh, thank you again, Chef, for your time and awesomeness. And I can only wish you blessings and uh, safe travels. Likewise, thank you very much.